um, follow that. Guys, it's so, so great to be with you again. And um, I just want to say, uh, I think this might be the first time I've gone to a church plant early days. I'm trying to remember. I'm not, I sometimes forget where I've been. But, but I just want to say to you guys, this sense of the presence of God is not normal. I just want to say that when I travel around, the intimacy and the closeness of God is not normal. So I, I, I say that to really encourage you not to put pressure on you guys at all. But I think I want to encourage you right at the outset of your journey together as a church. Don't stop doing this. I think sometimes when you grow, you you start to initiate and innovate and change and we're going to try this and we're going to grow this and we're going to build that. And that, there's nothing wrong with that stuff, but guys, please don't stop. Don't stop just loving Jesus. I just think there's something very special that you guys are carrying around the presence of God. Because I get to travel around, I have the privilege of seeing lots of different spaces and this is beautiful. Like there's a tenderness and a closeness that is precious. So don't change. Don't stop doing that. Don't just keep doing that. Keep doing that. Keep loving him. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Um, well, uh, yesterday, I just want to say off the back of yesterday, for those of you who weren't here, I, I gave you some tools about how to go deeper in revelation of the father and I'm, I said I'm going to send you the process I talked through uh, because I'm a, I'm a big believer in not just wanting to give information but to give tools and just to say that you can use those tools on your own but you can also use those tools with other people and some of you yesterday in the ministry time it's very common that you don't get to the end of the process in a ministry time because it's only half an hour Okay, but what my heart is, what I want to do is give you a sense of the process you can go on. And often what happens is people then take that tool into their bedroom and they spend time with the father and they go through that tool with him. Or they grab a friend and say, I need to go through this tool. Will you sit with me as I go through this? I recommend that as well. Don't just process your stuff on your own. Healing comes through community and through family, okay? So I just want to encourage you, if you kind of just started the process yesterday, um, but you feel like you, you weren't finished, um, just a reminder, we're never finished. So there's always more. There's always deeper stuff for us to experience. But yeah, just take the tools. And the key thing is to carve out time to do it. There's always more fun things to do than process lies and pain. Just to say. I mean, anything really. Just just walking, even, even cleaning is more fun. Cooking, running, it's all more fun than processing. So you just have to block that time out to do that with people, okay? And this, this morning, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a message with you that I, I tend to share wherever I go, and I used to resent it. Um, because it's not the most <laughs> it's not the most fun message in the world. Um, it's all around uh, how to navigate mystery in life and how to process disappointment. 
when we don't see God do the stuff we're longing for him to do. And I used to resent it until I realized that actually this, this message, the fruit of it is that it brings you closer to God and it raises faith. Actually, the reason for doing this message really is to stir faith. Because disappointment and mystery, if we don't deal with it in a healthy way, gets stuck in our hearts and it attacks faith. And actually, we want to be people who are full of faith and expectation because God has called us to see stuff change. God has called us, the church, we're meant to be the answer. We're meant to be the answer to loads of problems around us. And, you know, we serve a very, very good and powerful God for whom nothing is impossible. And so as the church, if we can really get hold of that, not just as head knowledge, but in our hearts, we will see amazing things happen. We will pray to see miracles happen and see breakthrough. We will, we will expect people to come to know Jesus. We will feel courageous to speak to people about Jesus in our everyday lives. You know, there's incredible callings on all of us, but the enemy loves to come and undermine faith and bring discouragement. And, uh, and so I want to speak uh, a little bit from my own journey about how to navigate mystery when it comes to living as, as Christians um, and how, again, teach you a tool that you can go through, but also you can help other people to go through so that we can get rid of some of the pain of disappointment and mystery and we can let faith stay alive in our hearts. I, I honestly think that the, the difference between... Uh, believers who stay in a place of faith for the long haul and those who get discouraged and disappointed and withdraw is your ability to deal with mystery. I, I really do. So, um, And I love that the song, the um, Goodness of God song. I just love that song, particularly the second verse. I just think it so resonates with me. I'm sure it resonates with lots of you. Where it says, I love your voice. You have led me through the fire. Anyone feel like they've been through fire or might be still in fire? You have led me through the fire in the darkest night. You are close like no other. That, I, I just want to say that's my, that's my testimony. That's what I've known to be true of God. And um, he's so faithful. And you know, one day, Revelation 21.4, this is a great promise. One day, he will wipe every tear from our eyes. One day. He will wipe away every tear. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Won't that be amazing? That, I can't wait. Can't wait for that day when we get just to be with him. But as we wait for that promise, as believers, as we follow God, we have to learn to walk this dual path of seeing incredible breakthroughs, seeing answers to prayer, seeing the proof of God's power, seeing people come to know him, seeing, seeing amazing things, as well as alongside mystery, pain, loss, tragedy, trauma. Okay, that, that guys, is called life. And sometimes, I think, often people who come to know Jesus, the thing that, if we don't teach people that it's both, both and, often that's what causes them to fall away. 
when when trouble comes they say oh god isn't who i thought he was he must not be real we've got what we've got to teach people is that when you well life in general but certainly still when you become a christian you have this dual path of incredible breakthrough and amazing stories and lives transformed and pain and trauma and mystery and uh, just to give you an example uh, from, from my life, I could share lots of stories about this, as I know you guys could too, but one example for me would be that um, uh, several years ago now, uh, I, just to say I'm single, I'm 45, I don't have my own children, that was never the dream. Um, and several years ago now, I was diagnosed with having a very large cyst on one of my ovaries, which was at risk of being cancerous. So I had to have uh, major surgery to remove the cyst from my ovary and uh, had to sign a, a form to say that if they opened me up and they couldn't deal with it easily, that, that I was happy for them to give me a hysterectomy. Um, and I was about 30. Um, so I went through that process. Uh, it was amazing. God was, God was amazing in that I, they were able to remove the cyst and it wasn't cancer, but it was a very, very traumatic time for me. And the recovery was really unpleasant. And, uh, and I, so I went through that process. I think about five or six years later, another cyst grew back. And uh, I had to have another surgery uh, where they actually had to remove one of my ovaries. And then uh, just four, actually coming up to four years ago next month, um, I, I had another appointment with a consultant and I thought I was actually thought I was doing well because my blood levels had come down and they do these regular tests and checkups and I went to see this consultant Kate actually came with me and uh, was very very shocked to hear from him that he was recommending I needed a full hysterectomy um, and it was, a, it was a really unpleasant time he wasn't, he wasn't the kindest consultant um, and I asked if there are different options, and he really said there isn't any option. Um, you've been, essentially, he said, you've been lucky twice. We really need to deal with this. And uh, so, yeah, coming up to four years ago, next month, I had a, a full hysterectomy. And, uh, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a, a very, very difficult, painful time. Um, lots of grieving. Uh, and still, and just to say, this isn't like... The thing with grief is you don't grieve once and then you're done. Grief, grief actually never goes away. Um, it's, your life just shapes around the grief. So it will never, there will never come a point where it's okay that I had to have a hysterectomy. Oh, great. I, there's always going to be pain around it. And even recently, God's been taking healing deeper. And I've been doing some fresh grieving. Um, it's incredibly painful as a woman not to have children. Very, very, I can't, can't explain the deepness of the grief. Um, uh, and so it's, it's a very real live situation for me. Um, uh, but in the midst of it, God has been amazingly good, as he always is. He really has led me through the fire. But part of the process of dealing with some of the pain is what happens often is we jump to how good God is and we don't walk through the fire <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying we just but God is good he's amazing and he is but the process of healing and freedom is to literally have to walk through the fire and feel the feels you've got to feel the grief you've got to because then God can meet you in that place 
if you just jump to God is good, you can't meet with him in the fire. And he wants to meet you in the fire. And so that's part of my journey. The flip side is I've prayed for several women who can't have children and they've become pregnant. Now, guys, there's a mystery. That right there is the mystery of the kingdom. And so if, if, if I don't keep my heart tender before the Lord, I will, I will make a choice to stop praying for other people to see breakthrough. And I will stop seeing breakthrough. Actually, I'm a really big believer in the fact that the very, the very place the enemy has come to kill, steal and destroy in your life can become the place of biggest victory. And I, I don't always feel like this. Sometimes I just feel broken by it. But when I feel feisty, I'm like, enemy, you mess with the wrong person. I'm going to lean into being a mum as much as I can. And I'm going to strengthen as many people as I can to be all that God's called them to be. And I can do that with many more people than just my own children. And so, actually, I think if you, if you look at the space the enemy tries to take you out, you can often identify your calling. So, just be aware of that. But disappointment will attack our faith. And really, it comes in when we pray in line with what we know of God and his nature and his character, but we don't see the breakthrough we're longing for. So, we know that God's healing. Uh, he's, he's a healer. That's what he calls himself. And so, we pray for healing. When we don't see the breakthrough, when we don't see the healing, disappointment can come in our hearts. Or we know God's provider... And we pray, but if he doesn't provide us a job or finances, over time, disappointment can get lodged in your heart. Or we know that God's good. We've just been singing about his goodness. But maybe your marriage is struggling, or your kids are struggling, or you're single and you want to be married, or you're married and you think, gosh, this is costly, or you've got children or you don't have children, or church is a mess, or you fill in the blank. Whatever the blank is for you, if you pray and you don't see the breakthrough in line with what you know of God, disappointment can get lodged in your heart. And over time, if you don't deal with the mystery well and get the disappointment out of your heart, it just, it just gets stuck. And the next disappointment will feed into the previous disappointment and it will keep adding and adding and adding to the disappointment that is lodged in your heart. And over time, you will just stop expecting you will just lower your expectation of God because you don't want to be disappointed again. And then we become what I like to call beige Christians. We just kind of, we just kind of live. We kind of, just, we kind of just exist. But we're not going after anything because we've stopped expecting God to do stuff because it's too painful. And so we've, what we've got to do is learn to lament We've got to learn to process our pain and really lament with God to get all that toxic stuff out so that the faith that is in us, because the truth is we've been given faith as a gift, so the faith is still in us, but the disappointment just squashes it. So when you get the disappointment out, faith can bubble up again. And that's what we want to get to. We want to be believers who are, who are believing, who are expecting it's much easier to see breakthrough when you expect to see it. So how do, we, how do we do this? Let me just give you this tool about how, how you can deal with mystery and process some pain of disappointment. 
Uh, I want to look at Psalm 13. So if you've got a Bible, I know it's a radical suggestion, but if you have got a Bible, um, because we can, basically, the, the way we can learn to do this is by looking at the Psalms. The Psalms are a great place to go. And actually, um, I think a third of the Psalms are lamenting Psalms. We don't tend to talk about this loads, do we? A third of the Psalms are lamenting Psalms. And so they're a great place for us to go to learn. So if someone's got um, Psalm 13, I'm going to have someone else read it. And then I want us just to quickly turn to the person next to us and say, what do we learn from this Psalm of David about lamenting and dealing with pain? What are some lessons we can learn? Okay, who wants to read it? Ben, you want to read it? How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord, my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say, I have prevailed over him lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Brilliant. Just turn to the person next to you and say, what, what are some of the things that we can learn from this about how to come to the Father when we've got some disappointment? Okay, let's come back together. Let's let's just just chuck out some things you learn. What what would you say you can you can learn through this process of this psalm? Where do you start? Questions, yeah, interesting. Starting with questions. What's going on? Being honest about what your questions are. Yeah, great. Other thoughts? Yeah, Rose. It's not just like one question, it's like a question of, of his eyes, like how long like, won't I be seeing you? Like, how long must I wrestle with my thoughts? And it's like all these aspects of the, of the pain and disappointment he's feeling, he's, he's walking through it and not just being asking the first question like, oh yeah, I don't see you right now, but you're good. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. Like, it's all these aspects. Yes. So good. So just, yeah, not, not filtering it, not rushing to the good stuff, but lots of questions. And obviously it starts with how long. I've heard you say this, Ben. So this, is, this has been going on a while. How long? God, how long is this going to go on? So he's still, com- what I love about that is he's still coming to the Father, even though it's continued for a long time. That's amazing, actually. Other thoughughts? I love that it says it's to the Yes. Yes. It's a song. It's a song because I think we connect. Sometimes melodies and music help our hearts connect. So true. It's so true. I mean, if if, um, Sock came to Phil and said, Phil, I've written this brilliant new song. I've written this brilliant new song for our church. This is how it goes. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? I think Phil would be like, "Mm, not sure. But a third of the Psalms are lamenting and they would have been sung. Interesting. Other thoughts? 
Mm. Oh, so good. For a long time. Yes. And then, um, and he can go back and say, but I have been so good. Yeah, the enemy looked like the enemy was winning. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. So good. So good. And then he ends with worship. I lift my eyes. This is the truth. That's where he lands. That is so often where we start. That's where he ends. And so I just want to talk through this process in a little bit more detail for us. And then we'll pray. So the first, the first part of the process is we've got to express our pain to God. And be brutally honest with him. And this takes practice. Because in the church, for some reason, we've learned somehow, I don't know how, that we have to present a certain image to God. We have to present a Christian image to the Father, and he's looking for sons and daughters. And if you've got children, and your sons and daughters were having a hard time, and they came to you, and vaguely mentioned it, but then said, but it's all good, I think a good parent would want to know actually what's really going on. Wouldn't they? Yes. I, want, I would want to know my, heart, my kids, my heart, their hearts. I'm not interested in what they present. I want to know what's going on in their hearts. What is, what is really going on? And that's what happens. When we come to the Father, we come as sons and daughters to a Father who knows what's in our hearts. He knows it, but he wants to hear it from us. He wants us to articulate it. Yeah? Uh, you can ask. I might not have the answer. Go for it. It's a great question. I think there's different, there will be people who would answer that differently in different ways. My personal approach, I don't do this perfectly, is I would rather get to heaven. Well, I don't think this is actually going to happen, but I'd rather get to heaven and the Father said to me, You expected too much, than get to heaven and think, Gosh, I could have asked for more. I actually don't think God's going to say that to me. I think I'm actually going to get to heaven and think, oh gosh, he was actually better than I thought, more able than I thought, wanting to break in more than I expected. So that's personally, I would rather, and I need to work on this because it doesn't come natural, expect more, deal with the pain and the mystery, and keep expecting. Now obviously, there's different theological arguments around healing and things like that, which is a whole other session which I won't go into. Um, but I think my main thought process is I want to come like a child and children are really good at expecting. Really good. Expecting and asking. So Jesus, Jesus says, unless you turn and become like children, you cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So I do think there's something for us to learn about being childlike in our expectation. So, okay. So, uh, so expressing our pain out loud, to, out loud or we can journal 
to get the pain out, but coming as children. And we've got to practice this because we, we often become very adult. Again, we can learn how to do this from children. Children are pretty good at expressing how they're feeling, right? They, they, they just, they, they're not, they don't have shame. They don't hide. They bring their full self, even when it's challenging. And we've got to learn from children to really come to the Father and express how we're feeling and be brutally honest with him and not hold back and try and make it more palatable because we want to please him. I think what he's looking for is realness. I really don't think he's interested in a mask or pretense. I really just think he wants us to come to him as we are. And uh, a great illustration that I sometimes think of as I'm in this process, because I I have to practice this because often I... As I'm expressing how I'm feeling, my thought process is, you should stop now. It's too much. Move on to the worship. Uh, But I I know that if I don't get everything out that I need to say, I'm going to have to come back here. So a a good illustration for me is is imagining a child being held by their mum or dad and just having a, a... losing it, having a fit. You know the picture of the parents holding them and the kid's like... Anyone ever experienced that? Yeah, on a ski lift. Right, okay, great. So you know how this feels. Um, but the parent just holds this child, and the child just... And they lose energy, and, and the parent's holding them, and then they have a bit more energy, and they're like... And the parent just keeps holding the child, and they hold them, and they hold them, and they hold them, until all the pain is gone. And the child... And then the the child can receive from the parent. That's how I picture this. And I think the father, he just wants our hearts. And honestly, when we come to him and we present who we think he wants us to be, I think we've got it wrong. He's just not interested in that. The way that we step into freedom is by going where we need to go in terms of expressing how we're feeling and being really honest and truthful about what's going on in our hearts. When I came out of the appointment when we'd spoke, met this consultant about needing this hysterectomy, uh, Kate and I went to a friend of mine and ours house called Amanda, who's like a mum to lots of people. She said, come over if you need to. And I just lost it. Um, and we just went in and we stuck, stuck worship on. And I just knelt down on the floor and just wept. And uh, they just knelt with me and put their hands on my backs and prayed for me. And um, I, think, I think something God's teaching me in this moment currently is the importance of grieving in community. And that was, a, that was an amazing, amazing moment. I, I, I couldn't have done it on my own. I needed to be with people. Even more recently, I had a, a couple visiting who are in their 20s. They're, they're a bit like spiritual kids to me. And I, uh, there was a point where I just felt a fresh grief come up about not having children. And I said to them, guys, I'm just going to go upstairs and spend some time with Jesus. Mm. And I put my worship on and cranked it up and just knelt on the floor and just, just wept. And as I was weeping and just expressing my pain to Jesus, and sometimes there's no words, you just cry, and that's fine. The Holy Spirit said to me, uh, you could go downstairs and invite these guys to sit with you in your grief. 
And I was like, no. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. It's very embarrassing. It's very vulnerable. Uh, I'm meant to be the, the mum in this connection. And, uh, but I, it, was hor- it was a wrestle, but I was so grateful because eventually I went downstairs having not cleaned myself up. And I said, guys, can you just pray for me? And it was just beautiful. It was really healing. They just knelt next to me and I just cried and they sat with me. So I think there's something about doing this in community that brings healing in a different way than taking ourselves off, dealing with it, cleaning ourselves up, and then coming back. Second part of the process um, that might help you is to spend some time in the Psalms. So sometimes if, you, if you're not sure what you're feeling, you can read through the Psalms until you hear your own voice. Oh, I think that, that is what I'm feeling. And you can just stay there. Just read that psalm. Read it out loud. Let the psalmists give you words to what you're feeling. And just spend some time processing with the Father and letting your heart connect to what's already been written by other people but is still super helpful for us. Um, Uh, So that might help you to connect with what you're feeling. And then the third part of the process is to then come to worship. To speak out loud the truth about who God is because he never changes. But we do it having got rid of some of the pain. And when we're processing the pain, we never accuse God. You said you should because he, he he doesn't owe us anything. Okay? He is always good. He never changes. And so we process without accusation. But when it comes to this, this point in the process, we can worship. And we can, in our place of deepest vulnerability and pain, we can worship him. And I think, I think this is something that the Father truly tre- treasures and cherishes. Because when we get to heaven, we'll no longer be able to worship through pain because there won't be any more pain. So a a unique privilege we have this side of heaven is to worship through pain. But I think it brings Jesus way more glory, not when we just try to hold everything together, we're just going to keep, you are good, you are good, but when when we feel broken, and we've let ourselves feel broken, and we feel like we've just, and then we worship, I think it's beautiful to him. I think he loves it. Absolutely. I, th- I just think the presence of God rushes in. I remember a time leading a training school and a lady on the school over the course of a weekend lost her husband and son who was 12 in a walking accident in the Alps. And it was horrendous. It was a horrendous time. But I was actually there when she heard the news and... Uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty brutal. But seeing, seeing God in her was just it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. And she came to our, our school on the Thursday following the weekend because she wanted to be with community. And she got up the front and she just shared what God was doing. And she said, I want us to worship to this song. And I tell you, we put this song on. I can't remember what the song was, but I've never been in a worship time like it to watch her lift her hands to Jesus and declare how good he is and how good he was to her. I mean, the whole room 
It was powerful. When we, when we allow ourselves to feel the pain and then we lift our hands to worship him, there's nothing like it. I think it's really beautiful to him. So we worship. And then the last thing before we pray, I think the last part of the process is we need to lay down our right to understand why something's happened or why something hasn't happened. And this is, this is a really costly part of the process, but it's really, really important. Because we often believe, if, if God, if you could just explain what you're doing, I can have peace. Just let me know. Just explain the process here. Just, like, I've had this hysterectomy. If you could just explain to me the fruit I'm going to experience or the peace you're going to do or the, the, the breakthrough I'm going to see, it will give me some peace for this situation. But the, the peace that the Bible promises in Philippians 4 is a peace that goes beyond understanding. The peace that passes understanding will guard your heart and your mind. So in other words, to access that peace that goes beyond your understanding, you have to lay down your right to understand in order to receive it. And it's costly because laying down your right to understand doesn't mean anything's going to change. It's not a magic formula for things to be different. And it's costly because you go from this position, God, you owe me an explanation. Why? to this position of God I don't get this and it's painful and I wish it had been different but I trust you I trust you because you are God and I am not and you know what you're doing and I have no idea and you are not going to owe me anything I'm not going to get to heaven and you say I'm really sorry I messed up there you are always good you are always with me and I trust you even though it doesn't make any sense and uh, it's costly, but it's really powerful. And when you get to that point of laying down your right to understand, the peace of God just rushes in. It really does. I can feel like his presence even now. There's something about the sacrifice of laying down our right to understand that ushers in his peace. And if you could choose... Uh, breakthrough or peace I mean I think we take for granted the peace of God because we know it people who don't know Jesus are desperate for peace we get to live in peace and the peace of God is supernatural and it's incredibly powerful so I'd love us to pray just just to say on this to help you as we finish processing disappointment and dealing with mystery is not a one-off thing I think I've already said that this is this is a lifetime, life, lifetime of journey. But our motivation for doing it should be that we are, we, we're going to grow in faith. And actually, the truth is you only really go after processing disappointment when you live with faith. Because you, you're, you're living with faith and because you haven't seen the breakthrough, it causes you to be disappointed. So actually, faith leads you into processing and you process in order to keep your faith alive. That should be your motivation for doing this. And you can process disappointment about many different things. Not just one or two different things. It could be anything. The Father wants to come and bring healing and breakthrough. So why don't I just pray for us. And uh, we'll see what God wants to do. Uh, yeah, Father, we just uh, thank you so much uh, for your kindness towards us. Thank you that you're running after us. Your goodness is running after us. All our lives you've been faithful. All our lives you've been so, so good. That's the truth. The Holy Spirit, I just want to ask that you would 
uh, come and just rest on us right now. Rest on us, Holy Spirit. Rest on us, Holy Spirit. And I just want to pray, Holy Spirit, that you would put your finger on disappointment in our hearts. Father, would you just show us right now if we're living with disappointment, if we're carrying disappointment that you would like to come and heal right now. Show us, God. Show us, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I just want to encourage you, if if you know that the Holy Spirit is putting his finger on something in your heart that he just wants to minister to right now, if you're able to, I'd love you to stand with me. And, I'd, and we're going to take some time to pray. So... Just, just stand if you know there's, there's something God wants to do right now. And just to say, I know it takes courage, but healing comes within community. Okay, If you just take this away to your room, you'll get a measure of healing, but there's something beautiful about doing it in family. So just stand with me if you know that the Father's putting his finger on something. There's no shame. I'm standing. I need some more breakthrough in this. Yeah, I think there's more of us. It's going to wait a little bit longer. Thank you, Father. If there's mystery you've walked through, if you feel like you've walked through the fire and there's some pain, disappointment, questions, just stand with me. Thank you, Father. Well done, guys. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take some time to pray. But if you haven't, if you don't feel like there's anything particular that the Father's highlighting, totally fine. Don't go digging. But I would love us to be family together. And so if you haven't, if you don't feel like God's putting anything in your heart, then I want you just to find someone to stand with. Because we just, it's just so nice to know that people are with us and close and we're not doing this on our own. So feel free to go and just stand with someone who's near you, someone that the Holy Spirit leads you to stand with. Team, feel free to uh, go and stand with someone.